All my life, my mom has been studying astrology and the other mystic arts. My family and I used to think she was nuts, but somewhere along the line, popular culture caught up and now astrology is everywhere you look. But this isn't just some back-of-the-newspaper wishy-washy nonsense. This is the real deal. Astrology is a complex and nuanced discipline going back thousands of years, and to truly understand it, we need a navigator. We need Star Mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Matt. Here we are again. It's been so long. I know. It feels a little <laughs> lonely. I was. I like the uh, having a special guest format, and now it's just little old me and little old you just uh, <laughs> riffing on astrology. That's okay, though. That's we'll right. make do. Yeah. We can, we can bounce things off each other here. We don't, we don't need anybody else. Yeah. In this crazy world. <laughs> right? That's the Isn't that kind of the uh, idea of astrology? They, it's all individuated and you don't need anybody else and everything's separate and uh, contained and compartmentalized from everything else? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I see. I've been listening. I've been picking this stuff up. You say I never listen, but uh, here we are. Um, so, okay. So, I mean, last time we, so we kind of went off. Basically, it was a party. It was as close as a party as you could get to uh, while talking on microphones remotely. Um, and she sort of went into, uh, we didn't really do any, you know, we didn't really do any events specific. And then we talked a little bit about the 8-8 Stargate, which I only remember because it has a good ring to it. <laughs> and the yeah. movie Stargate. Uh, yeah. uh, and she, well, she mostly, mostly talked about Venus cycles, right? Yes. So um, talking about um how the venus cycle i think it's a nine month cycle if i remember correctly uh rather than like a lunar cycle which is obviously a 30-day cycle then you'd sync with a cycle that's much much longer and then there's you know there's four phases of that cycle that transpire over the course of nine months so i found that i thought that was really cool that there was this different aspect like a different cycle that you could sync to based on the different celestial bodies and that you could you know you could hop around based on there the certain proclivities of the different cycles and like because i believe that the the venus cycle was like was it just like death and rebirth what was the what was the what was the uh special powers of venus well venus is all about the divine feminine so it's really connecting with um feminine energies it's connecting with the heart um and and the there is kind of a story that goes with the Venus cycle. That's the myth of Anana, right? And yes. the myth of Anana is, and actually, it kind of that same story relates very much to this new moon. That's kind oh. of even though, yeah, Venus is involved, but she's in a little bit of a different position right now. Um, what an excellent uh, and unintended <laughs> uh, segue. Yes, All absolutely. Right. Well, can't make and this stuff up. Good for you for remembering all that stuff about the Venus cycle. Like what you just described there is is the beginnings of understanding what a synodic cycle is. And a synodic cycle means that instead of just looking at the cycle of one planet, mm -hmm. you take two planets, right? And you talk about how they relate to each other in their each of their cycles. And so what is juggling, created by that juggling cycles. Exactly. Yeah. So, but with Venus, um, there's a myth associated with Venus, with the, the whole Venus um, cycle, and it's called the myth of Anana. And it is about um, 
the ancient goddess Inanna and how she has to go to the underworld to rescue the body of her lover, Demuzi, and um, and that going to the underworld, she is going there to visit her sister, Arishkagel, who is the, the queen of the underworld. So Anana is kind of the divine feminine energy, the queen of the upper world, and her sister, her dark sister, of course, is, uh, is in the underworld. And as she goes into the underworld, and this, of course, relates to when Venus goes into her retrograde period where she's not visible in the sky, right? So we don't see her. So the story is she's in the underworld and to get to the underworld, she has to divest herself of all of her jewels, her crown, her scepter, all the things that give her status in the upper world are no good to her when she gets to the underworld. And so she goes through this, this process of divestment of all the outer trappings, and then she has to confront the shadow. And uh, the sister is represented, represents, of course, ourselves, right? right, right but right. only the shadow version of ourselves. Right. And so like there's the a scene whole... In, uh, it's the scene in, uh, I think it's Empire Strikes Back, where Luke is in Dagobah. And then he has like the vision of Darth Vader and he smashes a mask and it's loot. It's like himself underneath. Of course. Very Anna related. It is Anna related, but it's also related to the Scorpio new moon that we're going to be talking about today. Because sick tie in. I love these tie ins. (laughs) Because Scorpio, um, of course, in the new moon, we have both the sun and the moon. uh, This time at. it is 13 degrees Scorpio and they are together. And whenever we have a new moon, we're really talking about a really pure expression of the sign. And so in this, I wanted to maybe start today by talking about Scorpio and what does it mean? What is the, what is the, um, what are the emblems, the, uh, the archetypes of, of Scorpio? So we'll start with that. And then I'll talk a little bit more about, um, what is actually happening on the ground uh, as a result of this new moon. Um, There's a very strong opposition to Uranus in Taurus. So bottom line, from now until the end of the year and through the next 18 months, actually, we have some very big learnings to do with the signs of Scorpio and Taurus. Because not only are we having this new moon, which is kind of the prologue, to our next um, 18 month period. We have this new moon. Then on November the 18th, we have a lunar eclipse. Then, which is a pretty pretty powerful one. And then we have in the sign of Scorpio and um, 27 degrees Scorpio and Taurus. Then um, we have a solar eclipse on December 3rd, and that's in the sign of Sagittarius. At the same time, by the end of this year, oh, then we have a Saturn-Uranus uh, square. I'll, I'll go into these in a little bit more detail. Okay, um, it's just the agenda. Yeah, this is the going agenda forward. going forward cool, until yeah. January 19th, when the nodal axis, which is now in Sagittarius and Gemini, and has been for the last 18 months, will move also into Scorpio and Taurus. So the themes of Scorpio and Taurus are going to be very big for us. Gotcha. And this is a little introduction. Okay, great. 
Yeah. So Scorpio, um, Scorpio is a fixed water sign. So the water signs all have a different quality. The element is water. The mode in this case is fixed. They can either be cardinal, fixed, or mutable. And cardinal are the leaders. Cardinal signs are the leaders. The cardinal water sign is cancer. The fixed water sign is, is Scorpio. And the mutable water sign is Pisces. So they're all water signs, but they all have slightly different uh, ways of expressing themselves. Oh, I did not know that there was a uh, there was different classifications within the different elements. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. So, so this um, fixed water. When we talk about water signs, um, again, we're talking about a certain amount of flow, a certain amount of emotionality that comes uh-huh. with the water signs, as you know, Mr. Pisces. <laughs> I, yeah, I do know that, yes. <laughs> but I'm you're familiar. also Scorpio rising. So you have two water signatures in your chart. You have the, uh, oh, and also the South Node in, in Scorpio as well. So lot, lots of water in your chart. Um, the, the image, so each of them have a body of water that is associated with them. For Cancer, it's a lake. For Pisces, it's the ocean. And for Scorpio, it's a, like a deep, dark pool. It's like a well. <laughs> so I think because- I got the, the best one out of those three. <laughs> uh, I'd rather the ocean than a deep, dark well. <laughs> so Scorpio, as a fixed water sign, um, is ruled by the planet Pluto. That's the modern ruler of, Scor- of Scorpio. The ancient ruler of Scorpio is Mars. And Mars is associated with that kind of warrior um, attribute of Scorpio. And it's also associated with um, war and with anger and with those intense emotions. Pluto, on the other hand, um, especially in the evolutionary astrology tradition, is associated with power. Power and powerlessness, right? And how we have this great desire to move from powerlessness to power, of course. Mm-hmm. It's also associated with evolution. It is associated with um, moving from our sense of vulnerability and into um, a, a, a feeling of being more empowered, Right. And so Pluto, wherever Pluto is in the chart, is where we have been evolving. Okay. It gives okay, us gotcha. by house and, and sign where we have been learning, where we've been evolving. Gotcha. The Pluto polarity point in the chart, and I'm only talking about this because it's the ruler of Scorpio, so it's related. The Pluto polarity point, which is the exact opposite point in the chart to where natal Pluto is placed is what we are evolving to. Gotcha. This is where we want to end up. And the North and South node in the chart, the South node represents our resources that we're bringing from other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this before. And also the, some of the things that we're still, we're still trying to transform karmically and the North node represents the vehicle, how we are going to get Mm -hmm. from Pluto 
uh, in its natal placement to the polarity point, which is our endpoint, the north node is our vehicle for making that journey. So the natal, sorry, the natal point is the south node and the... Are those the same thing? Are the two just two terms for the same thing? No, um, oh. they both do the same. They're they're both similar actions, though, because Pluto's natal point, natal degree, and sign is where you're starting off. It it really describes the past. This is a soul who has been learning this. The opposite point in the chart says, "Yeah, and now they are moving towards this," because when we look at the chart. The chart represents the past, where the soul has been, the resources the soul has accumulated. Right, because if you're looking at your personal chart, you're looking at the chart at, as of the day or the moment you were born. Exactly. And then where are you going to take it forward? So gotcha. Pluto polarity point points to that. This is where we're taking it forward with this soul. And the nodal axis describes you know, this is the modus operandi. This is how we're going to do it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. Uh, and one more thing before we uh, go on, I'm going to interrogate. This is the, uh, <laughs> I'm really going to grill you on all your facts on this one, mom. Um, <laughs> uh -oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you, I, bet, I, I hope you brushed up on your uh, ancient history because here comes a question about it. Uh, uh -oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twitter start furiously Googling things. Oh darn. Where's yeah, nobody my phone? can hear you Google in podcasting, so is yeah, that, that, that is no, I'm just giggling, things. not Googling. Um, very good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. They are they're related. Going uh, from notes. giggle to Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, here you go. Here's, here's your question. You said that it, uh, in contemporarily that Scorpio is associated with Pluto, but historically it was associated with Mars. What right. caused it to shift from Mars to Pluto? The discovery of Pluto. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Pluto so, was Pluto's Pluto always been there. <laughs> Pluto's uh, always really been there. Mucked things up. It sounds like. Yeah. Well, this is you know the development of. I mean, Pluto's the farthest planet in the right. solar system, so mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't have the equipment. It's not visible in the night sky with the naked eye. So Mars was. So right. Pluto, um, the modern rulers of some of the planets um, coincided with their discovery. And that also coincided with telescopes and, you know, modern equipment to be able to see them. So then they made a modification of the um, of the rulership of some of the signs to gotcha. go along with these modern planets. I mean, yeah, the modern discovery. We, okay, we don't have to, I won't grill you too hard. And if you don't know, it's fine. You won't lose any points. <laughs> uh, we'll lose listeners, though, so you watch out. Just kidding. Uh <laughs> So is there like a demarcation in like eras of astrology? Like does that mark the Pluto, the reshuffling that happened when Pluto is discovered, does that considered a different era in, of thinking or a different approach or what? How does that? Not really. That's not really what determines the type of approach. It's, it's something that's added into the canon, you know, or the, you know, the, the, the research and the, and, and the information of, right. of astrology, but it doesn't in itself mark a particular phase. Okay. I okay. would say 
what does mark the particular phases of astrology is more um, different, you know, people that have come on the scene with different ways of interpreting the signs, planets, and houses. Okay. So it it so it's more philosophical. Right. And so mm-hmm. as certain influential people have come to um interpret, you know, the original material from you know, Babylonia or whatever, wherever, mm-hmm. the, the most ancient. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there has the there aliens have, the aliens that uh that brought life to brought it in the first place. What you mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And are still there. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh yeah they so it just it's just it's something that's um that has moved forward and evolved with different uh influential people who have been able to interpret it uh from i would say of course that's influenced by society and society's evolution as well and the interests that people have and the way that we want to look at life in general so in general, what has happened, one of the things that's happened um, is that astrology became more psychological. As society became more psychologically oriented and explaining life, you know, from a philosophical basis that was oriented in psychology. So astrology too. Um, evolutionary astrology is, is, I would say, a more... Um, and I'm using this word very advisedly because it means so many things to so many people, but a more spiritual approach. Only that, it talks about the evolution of the soul, that we have multiple lifetimes, multiple bodies in which that soul incarnates, and that all of those lifetimes are advancing our evolution. Now, it isn't, I mean, we could talk about that as a linear process, but Again, we've talked about this before, time and space is a construct. So it's not really necessarily happening consecutively in lifetimes, right? Right, because we only experience time in one direction probably while we're encased in these meat suits. And then probably what at the the time, but the times, I'm sure there's whatever you consider the liminal space between lifetimes that could be time doesn't necessarily follow in a totally linear fit. You could jump around. Right. Well, and it's, I mean, all of it is, and I mean, I'm not pretending to know how all that works, but only to say that we have to be aware of the constructs that we're using and the frames that we're using to look mm-hmm. at yeah, any yeah. of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I meant only mention it because just for accuracy, you know, I, I don't want to represent um, the process of incarnation as being something that's linear when in fact it just isn't because the part of us that isn't material, the energetic part of us isn't bound by time and space. So we can't talk about it incarnating. We're just looking at it through a certain frame. That's all. Right. If we were going to talk about it in a more accurate frame, I would say to how energy is, which is what the soul you know, soul is an energetic form, I would say, Um, it it would be more like a spiral and less like a linear, you know, like a line. Gotcha. But here we are in time and space. 
Right. In the third dimension, at least I am over here in Victoria. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? I'm not in the third dimension in time and space? Where am I? Huh? Well, I wonder right, sometimes, but I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't know either. <laughs> what goes on in Toronto, actually? Yeah, what dimension is this? <laughs> Bizarro dimension. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Scorpio. So Scorpio's um, Scorpio's bottom line is all about, and Scorpio loves the bottom line. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're always looking for that bottom line. Um, are is all about lessons of power and powerlessness. Uh-huh. In Scorpio, our natural need for security is actually a defense against feelings of vulnerability. And of course, in Scorpio, we have that vulnerability is usually kind of lurking in the background (laughs) and and as you know when we're talking about duality and living in time and space um you know of course that is the opposite is always nearby (laughs) let's just say scorpio has an initiatory quality just like you were saying there's an it's an initiation um because it asks that we do not bury our fear, anger, trauma, defensiveness, and desire for revenge, that we do not bypass them, but we actually look at them deeply and with compassion. And indulge them, right? <laughs> no, we just embrace them. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Right, right. Embrace, but don't never act on them directly. <laughs> well, the thing is, we've already acted on them, and that's why we've shoved them down. <laughs> right? Oh, is this some south? <laughs> this is the south node stuff again. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I follow. Darn! So, I had all the fun last time, last previous lifetimes. All the revenge. Uh, they just had to remain revenge fantasies in uh, my current iteration. But well, that's okay. this lifetime. This lifetime is all about um, the opposite. It's about stability, strength, right? Resourcefulness, all that stuff. The opposite, which is Taurus, right? Taurus is the opposite sign to Scorpio. So Scorpio's, so it's Scorpio's asking every, the initiation, because we, we don't just get given power. Power is earned. And it's earned through, and you know, every single story, every single power, fair, fairy tale, power tale, <laughs> fairy tale movie, it's all about how we have to go through an initiation to gain power, and and you know, this is this is a thing, this is how it works. Um, when we look at those aspects of ourselves that are 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 have been shoved down, are trauma traumatized our um, most difficult material, and we look at them with compassion. Compassion and love and self-forgiveness are the transformative energy. It allows them to come out of that contracted state, and, and the energy then is freed up for other things. That is what empowerment is. Okay, it's the freeing up of formerly formerly contracted energy. So <laughs> we have tools 
and we have the tool, the things that we apply those tools, tools to so that everything can be released into its most expanded and most energy free state. This is what psychotherapy is, right? We look at that material and we look at it with the guidance of someone who can look deeply, provide insight or help us to come to our own insights. And what happens, we begin to look at those very difficult experiences from a different perspective. It's when we keep them down and we don't look at them and we keep them, keep them in that contracted state through shame, right? Fear anger, things that we don't want to, that keep us kind of in a stasis with our old material, that they begin to kind of fester. And and this is what we call the shadow, the shadow material. Why? Only because it's not anything evil. It's just the stuff that we don't want to look at. And so we keep it down. However, the body doesn't forget. <laughs> The body will very nicely um, communicate to us that there is something going on. And it'll come in the form of depression, anxiety, um, fear, you know, different emotions, intense emotions, different uh, physical illnesses, you know. So it's not that I'm not saying that illness is only that, but it is, I would say, part of it because our body and mind and soul is all together. It's all one. So the tools um, that we use that help us to look at these darker elements of our psyche the, are the ones um, the ones we usually associate with the word shadow. So the darker aspects of psyche um, are the power of concentration and penetration. And these are the superpowers of Scorpio. It's the ability to look deeply, the ability to actually stay with it and focus and stay with it until it begins to unfold and unravel. But without compassion and self-forgiveness or forgiveness of other, if, you know, if that's part of the issue, um, then we are just simply going through an intellectual um, exercise. And, you know, again, I find that using different methods while we're doing that looking can help us at an energetic level to free it up and to have a release, right? So it's like contraction and release. When we do this work of looking, of clear seeing with self-forgiveness and compassion and love, we free up all that formerly contracted energy and when that happens, we begin to move past our former limitations. Former limitations um, of that, that keep us from being more actualized, more authentic, more joyful, free in the world. And that is power. That's what true power is. So I think we also have to make... Um, the distinction between power that comes from control and power that is empowered, right? Because mm -hmm. soul power, <laughs> the power that comes when we free up energy, think about the atom bomb, right? It's the same process, only it's unfortunately used for a destructive 
reason. It's a freeing right. up of energy from the atoms, mm -hmm. right? When we're talking about sexuality, which is very much a part of Scorpio, what it is, what is it? Contraction release. Right. Right. Same thing. And when that release happens, there's a, a huge amount of power in that. There's a power to create connection. There's a power to create intimacy, true, true love. So, you know, this is a very, we're talking about very powerful forces here. Mm -hmm. um, so when we talk about moving past former limitations, um, it means that we are talking about transformation. And that is one of the, a, a key signature of Scorpio and of Pluto, for example. So transformation just means that energy is moving from one state to another. When energy that was formerly under pressure is released, um, it becomes available again for this more creative, life-affirming um, sense of personal empowerment and soul empowerment is the is the kind of I would say endpoint of that. When we have enough energy released out from the ego and its contracted way of looking and being in the world, which is all about safety and protection, when we begin to let all that rest by going through the transformative process of freeing up energy, then ultimately we come to the freeing up of our soul energy, which expresses then through form. What do you mean expresses through form? Well, we have a body, mm -hmm. and instead of um, it being a barrier, our personality and our, our body, I would say, becomes infused with soul power. So we get ripped, is what you're saying. <laughs> and then you get, we you get really can... jacked and you get really like hot. <laughs> hot. So yeah. I'm down. I'm down. But then we can we can help others and we can help we can help just by being present. Mm -hmm. When we're and you know people like that, right? You you know that there are you can feel around certain people that um that energy of 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 being empowered the kind mm -hmm. of power that doesn't harm anybody mm -hmm. the kind of power mm -hmm. that doesn't need to over be over anybody else mm -hmm. yeah and there's something so incredibly um exhilarating around that and 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 being around that yeah right so there's a there's this really it's kind of the secret sauce that helps everyone go through what they need to go through it it lifts everyone yeah i mean that explains why weird alice still has has such a long and uh storied career <laughs> never seems to burn he just always has that magnanimous uh, energy with it. it's gotta be a, i'm now i'm now i'm furiously googling is, is he a scorpio Al a scorpio i'm literally looking up sorry i'm i'm, I'm causing my own tangential rift here <laughs> So oh. while you <laughs> what guess what his freaking birthday is? What guess? October 29th. October twenty third. Ah! <laughs> He's a Scorpio. <laughs> Holy sh! Oh, I literally just pulled that out of my ass. I completely just made that up. And he, he's a friggin' Scorpio. 
course he is. Al. Um, okay, so why, I, I, before, I know we, I, I want to get into all, I want to stick to the agenda as much as possible, even though I just uh, forcefully went on a weird Al tangent. Oh, God, it was so delightful for that minute. Um, uh Good so one. In, I'm just like, gonna throw popular... names at you, Matt. And see, like, <laughs> guess that birthday. <laughs> guess that sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should have a we should have a guess that guess that birthday guess that sign uh, segment <laughs> with uh, figures from popular culture. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. It's a very Buzzfeed uh, listicle type uh, thing to do. That'll really uh, play well with the uh, with Gen Z. Um, so okay, in in Scorpio has a reputation in popular culture i would say yeah like in popular sort of whatever uh astrology of people who are scorpios being like very intense being kind of like uh you know in dating you want to like watch out for scorpios like they're very like fiery and kind of like intimidating and stuff like what where, where do you think some of that comes from because well, what you're describing i can i can sort of see the sort of te- like the perceiving the you know, some of that uh, concentration, like penetrating, trying to see, you know, focusing their energy to try to understand the depths of something, see where that kind of comes from. But I'm kind of curious what, why that is the prevalent sort of uh, characterization of Scorpio. Well, like all the signs, there's um, signs that are, or there's attributes of the sign that are, you know, kind of a little bit lower on the scale all the way up to higher on the scale. And, um, you know, and I don't mean that in any <laughs> disrespectful way, but I mean, I think it would be, <laughs> who is who exactly? Is I'm not higher thinking up on of scale? anyone. No, not thinking <laughs> of anyone in particular. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the episode where you just start dishing on random people. Their, uh, <laughs> well, the bait. So this is, this is kind of where we talk about the three, um, symbols of Scorpio. And that might be helpful. Um, There's three levels of Scorpio energy. The first is the scorpion. And this talks more about the base elements of Scorpio. Um, It's related to taboo, anger, revenge, fear, shadow, trauma, you know, some of our jealousy, some of our more base emotions, right? Gotcha. Okay. The next level is the eagle. And the eagle is the rising consciousness, that ability to see with the eagle eye, but from a less personalized perspective, right? Right, right. Um, so it's still got that intensity, still got that perceiving, that sort of uh, uh, energy. Right. But it's more it's more elevated, elevated and it's able to see a big, broader perspective. Mm-hmm. So... And then we have the final symbol of um, of Scorpio is the phoenix, and that is the rebirth energy. So once, you know, if we get caught up in the base elements of Scorpio, it is like being in a deep, dark well, right? Right. And so one of the reasons I think Scorpios can be a little bit, they can be associated with being very quick to sting like a scorpion, right? right? Sure. And it may be because they have that intense um, gaze, that intense perceptiveness, they can be bothered and irritated by things a lot more easily. So it's a, it's a hypersensitivity, right? And then there's intense on top of it. So they're not going to let it go. 
right. No way, man. And they, you know, they are kind of geared for revenge <laughs> and or defense, right? And revenge is just a way of defending ourselves. That's all. So, right. you know, I mean, we all, you talk about, I'm an Aries, you know, we talk about Aries and I mean, they can be very angry, irritated, irritating, very self-focused, <laughs> very like, you know, all about me and who cares about you, you know, but we're not all like that. <laughs> no, heavens no. <laughs> they can be courageous and, yeah, you know, you pioneering and all that stuff too. So right. all of these things are, are associated with, with Scorpio. The thing is that often we don't realize um, that Scorpio serves such an incredible transformative and evolutionary purpose we have to go through this stuff this is the thing we don't like the shadow we're not attracted to the shadow we want to forget the shadow exists but we got to go through it right so again true power as opposed to power to, with control power that we get by controlling others is wrapped in a mystery and this is part of Scorpio as well only those are who are willing to be initiated through courageously facing their own shadow can have true power because mm -hmm. that's how it's earned. Um, every step we take in acknowledging our shadow allows us to be, as I mentioned before, more authentic, more actualized. And this is ultimately the driver for evolution. Many cool. people with strong Scorpio signatures are attracted to whatever they deem powerful. So this is kind of the function. This is how it works. Um, so they're attracted to something that they deem powerful. I'm attracted to that guy. I'm attracted to that woman. I'm attracted to that career. I'm attracted to that sport because I, I'm, I want to feel the power of it. So what they do is they approach and they're very hypnotic they get very hypnotized by what they deem to be powerful and they're very focused like i said they can be very obsessive compulsive about things and so as soon as they they deem something powerful they have to have it and they just keep going towards it until they become absorbed by it and then once they're there of course they'll find out that it isn't ultimate power and then they feel the disappointment and the, you know, they want to yeah. merge with things. Yeah. It's like, then they're fine and they can just go back to their they regular just lives, walk right? Away. They just no brush, kind of brush it off. Is that kind of what happens? <laughs> yeah. That's no. Scorpio. All right. Yeah, no, right. then they get very disappointed and angry because the thing that they thought was going to be this powerful regenerative force turns out to be ordinary or does is disappointing in some way. And this is what we have to do. We have to keep going through this process of merging with the things that we think are powerful so that we can come to understand that true, true power is within us. True power mm, is soul power. Yes. The ultimate power is the power of the divine, the power of source. That's the true power and the ultimate right. power. But we right. got to go through all of the things that are not before we can get to the things that are. And this, in my opinion, pretty much describes the evolutionary process. Lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. 
Right, 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 right. Every time going through, going towards that powerful thing and yeah. realizing that it's not uh, the answer or it doesn't encompass everything and blah, blah, blah. The striving goes on. Yeah. So the death and rebirth, death is associated with Scorpio. And the rebirth um, aspects means that we have to die to certain elements of ourselves. We have to allow certain elements of ourselves to die. Mm -hmm. Selfishness, separativeness, judgment, hatred, jealousy, mm -hmm. so that it can be released in the energy for creativity, love, and joy. And of course, this is hard. It's hard work. Sex, taboo, ritual, intimacy, death are all the province of Scorpio. All speak of release of energy in some form. It also rules our resources. And as I mentioned before, the resources that we share, money, intimacy, intellectual resources, material resources, grow in power when they are shared. So we bring our resources and the other person's resources to a marriage. And then everybody benefits and there's more resources for everyone. We go to a bank, we take our, our uh, willingness to pay interest and in their loan and everybody wins. We wow. have, we have more resources. I don't know if, I don't know if uh, that is a good example of everybody wins. <laughs> Ideally. But I, I like where you're going with this. Ideally. I, I, there's certain things about, uh, 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 Wealth is more powerful when shared. That's, uh, but you see, this is, this is the teaching that I think that is coming up is that what is, is teaching us about, um, personal resources versus shared resources. This is the teaching that's coming up with this change in the note, in the nodal axis. I think we're going to have to learn to share a lot more. Because simply because resources may become, I wish they would. <laughs> well, resources may become more scarce than they are now during, oh, yeah. during that period. Right. Yeah. So Scorpio rules finances, loans, mortgages, inheritances, other resources that we don't earn. Right. So not salaries or anything like that. And this new moon is bringing our attention to these resources. And it's something that we're going to, like I said, we'll be focused on this for at least the next couple of years. Um, and what's happening with this is that there is a square to this new moon from the planet, or sorry, there's a opposition to this new moon from the planet Uranus in the sign of Taurus. Okay, so what we have is the sun and the moon in the sign of Scorpio, and its exact opposite, which is Taurus, we have the planet Uranus. And what does Uranus like to do? Shake things up in a shocking and unexpected way. Uranus in Taurus is saying we have to um, change the way that we allocate and utilize this planet for resources. We have to change and, uh, and reallocate the way that we, um, you know, direct our money system, everything. Taurus represents the basic, well, represents the earth for one thing, but it also represents the basic way that we, um, utilize 
resources and we, um, we allocate them and we exchange for them. Right. So with Uranus in a direct opposition to this new moon, we could see some disruptions happening in this, in the money markets, in the, um, in other resource based, um, industries, we could also see some things happening on the planet because Uranus in, um, in Taurus speaks about disruptions on the planet as well. Storms, volcanoes, earthquakes, that kind of thing. Not to say it is going to happen, but those kinds of things can happen. Um, and so this is a pretty powerful opposition because they are almost at exact, they are exact the same exact degree. Um, degrees are always calculated by um, a degree and then minutes, right? So um, the sun and moon are at 1248 Scorpio and Uranus is at 1240 Taurus. So it's almost an exact opposition. That's actually kind of rare. So this could be a bit of a shakeup coming up on this new moon and it's only a week away. Um, I, think, uh, I think I'm a bit of a Uranus fan. <laughs> Uranus sounds like the uh, cool, uh, cool planet to hang out with. Well, I'm not surprised because Uranus is also about rebellion. Oh, and so, <laughs> so the, the other um, piece here, the other factor in this is that, so we have the new moon in, in Scorpio opposed by Uranus, which is again, shakeups, um, unexpected happenings, any, anything in, it could mm -hmm. be even climate related. Um, it yeah. could be earth-based. It could be also so, that so guy at the party. Well, we're seeing rebellion because both the new moon and Uranus are squared. So they're in a challenging aspect to the sign Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn is about control. And it's gotcha. in the sign of the collective. So what happens when we have control being exerted from the collect from within the collective or upon the collective? What happens to things like resources? What happens to things like people's ability to earn? People's ability to share and access resources. Scorpio can also be um, a very dark method <laughs> for exerting control because remember, it's about power. So when we have Saturn um, aspecting the moon and sun in the sign of Scorpio, we could also see some, as I was mentioning before, not just power, power that has come from control. Yeah, so, not my favorite type. No, that's right. I prefer, I prefer soul power. Yes. And, and so Saturn, um, is, so the other interesting little twist on this is that Saturn is in Uranus's sign. Uranus is down there in Taurus. Well, actually Uranus rules Aquarius rebellion, the collective higher consciousness technology, right? It's an air sign also fixed by the way. So we have a fixed, like, this is pretty fixed energy, meaning nobody wants to budge. Yeah, that checks out. 
New new moon in in Scorpio fixed water. Uranus in Taurus fixed earth. Saturn in Aquarius fixed air. The only thing that we don't have is fixed fire. And that's Leo. <laughs> I, I'll pass on the fixed fire. Yeah, that sounds, I'm uh, pretty glad we gnarly. have nothing in Leo. That would be kind of like, whoa. So fixed means, like I said, it's not very movable. It's not very flexible. It's, you know, it's like hmm, dug in. So what's the thing that's going to come in and kind of sh- and and break it up? Well, what I look at when I see this is called a T square because uh, we have your, we have uh, two planets opposing each other. That's one line, and they're both mm-hmm. squaring a third planet, so that creates mm-hmm. something called a T square mm-hmm. with Saturn at the head of the square. Um, Saturn is uh, in a sextile or a positive aspect with another body in the chart and guess what it is chiron wounded healer oh yeah. chiron's back yeah here we go yeah and it's in the sign of courage independence initiating the wounded oh, healer chiron. is you know i think what this is saying is look how we get through this is instead of buying into the story that's playing out in front of us, we have to look inside of us and ask, what is this calling forth in me? Okay, because remember that Pluto is about healing our own shadow. Instead of getting caught out in the drama that's being played out, mm-hmm. what we can do is go inside and say, what is evoked within me right now that needs to be healed? Because the collective is always as an, an expression of our inner consciousness. We got to heal inside before we can heal outside, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? So take these opportunities. It doesn't mean that no actions are required. That's not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. actions based on the conscious, you know, Einstein's quote, con- actions based on the consciousness that created the wound or the, the difficulty isn't going to heal it. We have to he- do actions that are coming from a higher state of consciousness. And we can't do that if they're coming from an unhealed place. So we've really got to, we got to take care of ourselves. Right, right, right. So Chiron really is the linchpin. Yeah. It sounds like. So like all of those energies that you're talking about, of like Scorpio, the like again the interrogation sort of of Scorpio yeah. and the rebellion of Uranus uh, and the control and sort of like or the allocation of resources and all that. Like if you you know use Chiron as the sort of keystone there and make it all about interrogating, turning turning it inward, yeah, making it all interrogating the self, then it becomes like very like um, like an inner revolution and not just interrogating self healing self having a different relationship of compassion and acceptance for one's own wounds it's looking into it and having you know getting a hold of it for sure but we Mm -hmm. have to invoke self-forgiveness in this moment i see that i'm suffering and i know that all suffering 
all people suffer at, at times. And in this moment, I choose to befriend myself. And that comes from Chris, Dr. Kristen Neff, who is a proponent of self-compassion practice. She's a psychologist who's done a ton of research on this. She says mm -hmm. it's the new self-esteem. Mm -hmm. In this moment, I see I'm suffering is about us acknowledging our suffering. And I, I know that all people suffer at times is claiming our common humanity. And in this moment, I choose to befriend myself is to say, I am going to be with me. I am going to stay with me. I'm not going to abandon myself when I'm suffering. Got some Chiron so, energy right there. That's it, right? So self-love, self-forgiveness. Now, there's another saving grace here, and I just want to mention it quickly because I know we have to close in a few minutes mm -hmm. here. So um, the other saving grace is that the new moon, both at 12 uh, slash 13 Scorpio, are in a fairly wide trine. So a positive relationship with the planet Neptune in Pisces. Pisces is our spiritual consciousness. Neptune is inviting us to take a broader view. It is inviting us to find out what is underneath this that um, we can invoke, again, divine assistance. And again, we don't have to come from we don't have to come from just our own resources. This is where the Scorpio energy is inviting us to share resources with divine inspiration, divine intuition, with those energies that are beyond just us. Whatever we believe in as a as a, a divine intelligence higher power, whatever it is, whatever you want to call. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do this alone. But we also have to have a certain amount of humility and surrender to be able to ask for help. So mm -hmm. lots of potential here. Like when you think about what all of this, just in this new moon, there's incredible potential here for growth, transformation, um, personal healing, healing in the collective. So, yeah, it sounds, I mean, it sounds both, it sounds very climactic. It sounds very like a lot of, like you're saying all the fixed signs, a lot of immovable pieces and yeah. like something that really has to come in and kind of supersede all of that and be bigger and above and, uh, um more inclusive yeah, more inclusive for sure yeah but just be uh more all-encompassing that's it well and that's pisces pisces is mutable right so here's the interesting thing we have fixed signs are the t-square new moon opposition to uranus saturn all in fixed signs the the sextile to chiron chiron's in a in a cardinal fire sign it's like yeah, go. Be inspired. Right. That's where the fire is. Yeah, that's where the fire that's is. The fire. It's like be yes. inspired. Be courageous. Step uh -huh. forward. And the 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 mutable sign of Pisces is saying, yeah, and also be in flow with divine source. Ask for help. 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's getting me fired up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can really uh I mean, I don't know what's a, what's supposed to go down, but Well, the, the the main thing is we got resources. Right? We have resources. We just have to stay really present, stay with ourselves, stay with it, not get too fired up and angry, just stay with it. Yeah, right. I think that, well, and I think that the sort of, you know, it, bringing it back to sort of like our current events and stuff like that is that yeah. there is a real concern over lack of resources and lack of just sure. lack, lack of wealth and, and lack of whatever and the ability to con- not, not knowing how to continue. And, and, uh, I think that, you know, of that idea of rather than just focusing on how little we have left of the things that we needed to run the world as we used to see it, it's more about like, yeah, calling in that call, like tapping different types of resources. That's right. Tapping into, into divine, tap, tapping into higher intelligences. Like, okay, the world is changing, folks. Yeah. The world is changing. We are yeah. not going to go back to that. So how are we going to do it? It's, exactly. you know, sure, we can go wring our hands and say doom and gloom and, oh, the end is near. But that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, A, it's not true. And B, all we're being doing, all that's happening, in my opinion, is we're being pushed to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And that is a good thing. Yeah. But we got to stop despairing and get our thinking caps on and our, you know, the thinking caps that are made out of tinfoil that have that like. <laughs> well, I don't know if we need to get our tinfoil hats. I don't know if that's the right message. Let's get our crowns out. Let's get our divine radiant crowns on and fucking that's, that'll be our thinking cap. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are the um, crowns well, I want. Yeah. The ones yeah, that yeah, are yeah. like directly. Leave the tinfoil hat at home, please. <laughs> um, well, that's, I think that I, that's a good place to, uh, to leave it. I think that that, uh, I mean, all of that stuff is very, it gets me fired up as a Scorpio rising. I would uh, become fired up about it. Um, and a Taurus, a Taurus, uh, Scorpio nodal axis as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Feel, yeah. Well, the, the, I think like the potential that you're talking about and very like, yes, you like, you know, get it gets, gets me thinking about what that how to uh bring that in to my own activities and things like that because everybody's just feeling drained just endless know. you know, know it's just like drained and despair and drained and whatever wow. so the even the idea that there's energy that there's something that you can call in that you can ask for that you can bring in is very yeah empowering absolutely yeah okay i gotta go do yoga <laughs> okay <laughs> well I, I guess we'll see you next time mom's gotta do yoga <laughs> okay love you honey all right love you too bye bye